0: This is a Radio.com original.
1: This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNX Radio.com studios in Los Angeles.
0: And I'm Mike Simpson. Who's to blame for the slow, chaotic vaccine rollout? Is it the Biden administration, the Trump administration, your state, your local public health agency? Maybe it's everybody. Maybe it's some of them. Whatever's happening and why it not working as fast as we'd want. So what do you do about it? We'll take a look.
1: We'll also specifically get into why California is having big problems with vaccine distribution.
0: Maybe there's some hope now that the two large pharmacy chains, at least two of them, will be giving out vaccine shots.
1: And did you know marijuana delivery drivers are higher on the vaccine priority list? and teachers in California, yes, that was a deliberate pun. We'll look into whether teachers will be moving up the list.
0: Very nice. The Biden administration, considering travel restrictions here in the U.S., what would that look like and could it even work?
1: Let's start with vaccine distribution problems. Dr. Bruce Lee is executive director of public health informatics, computational and operations research. Doctor, where is the issue here?
2: Well, I think there's issues all along the supply chain, ranging from production uh, to distribution, to actual administration at you know within each of the states, and I think the big issue is leading up to the vaccine uh, emergency use authorizations. You know we had a number of months in which there could have been very clear planning and uh, design of the supply chain, but we heard very little about it until the vaccines were actually uh, available and. Uh, Started being distributed. So, this is something that should have been planned way in advance.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, going into the uh, break before, I don't know if you had a chance to hear, we were just kind of speculating that. Uh, and here comes another commercial from McDonald's, but I was saying that, you know, if you go into a. Change it to,
0: to Jack in the Box.
1: Jack, okay, thank you. If you go into a Jack in the Box anywhere. And you
0: want those tiny tacos. Those tiny
1: tacos. Yeah. They don't say, sorry, we're out of tiny tacos. I mean, they mm-hmm. have the items and they have figured out how to give more product to the uh, the outlets in big cities like Los Angeles and also to smaller places. And they managed to figure that out. It, it, at a fundamental level, while vaccines you know, sound very exotic, it's really no different, is it, than any other merchandise? The, the name of the game is to make the merchandise and deliver it in the proper amounts to the right places at the right time. Am I right?
2: Yeah. In fact, the thinking has been opposite. So, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Any business will say, okay, where are the customers? And then how do we reach the customers? Whereas uh, it was the opposite here. Like you say, okay, let's set up these um, vaccination locations. Let us set up these distribution places. And without thinking about, well, where are the people that we actually need to reach? So that requires planning. And if you think about many businesses, they put in a lot of effort to determine how to get their product to people because they realize if you don't get the product to people, they won't use it. Same thing with the vaccines. But too little focus was was made on, uh, you know, how you're actually going to get the vac- vaccines to the people.
0: The administration is saying, you know, we're going to use Defense Production Acts, We'll get some of the supplies that you need. That's a good thing. What about the actual, you know, serum that goes in the vials? This is an oversimplification by, I'm sure, leaps and bounds. But if they have 20 machines that make this, why can't we build them some more machines?
2: Yeah, so basically what happens is the, uh, the manufacturers have a certain... Percentage uh, or proportion of their production facilities or production lines allocated towards the vaccines. You know they want to produce other things as well. They continue to produce their other products, whether it's drugs or other types of uh, medications. So when they negotiate with the government, they decide, okay, how much of our production lines are we going to actually allocate to production? Uh, so so there should be additional capacity. It's a matter of you know this negotiation between the federal government and uh, the manufacturers. And that's why at the very beginning, when these contracts were initially negotiated back in 2020, there should it should have been structured in a way so that uh, you can make sure a certain amount of vaccines actually produced and you can actually hold the manufacturer to it. If the contracts weren't arranged in the right manner, then, uh, you know, you can run into trouble where you're not really producing enough vaccine.
1: So when we have to get booster shots, which we're told may happen, how is that going to work?
2: Yeah, that's that's a problem because you hear uh, uh, stories about saying, okay, well, we, we we're supposed to hold some doses in reserve as the second doses, but let's just start distributing that as the first doses. Well, what happens when you have people who get the first dose and they, they want to get the second dose so they can get the full effect, uh, but either they never get it or it it's delayed. You're not supposed to wait beyond like 42 days, um, you know, or six weeks after the first dose. That's the recommendation of the CDC. So we run in this situation where you might not get the full effect um, that's required, um, you know, that that two doses are required to get. Um, So this requires a lot of planning, and we can't just arbitrarily say, okay, you know, let's release all the doses just for first doses.
0: Dr. Bruce Swiley, Executive Director, Public Health Informatics, Computational and Operations Research.
1: California is the country's largest state when it comes to population, and it's having large problems distributing the vaccines.
0: Some cities, counties now saying they're being shorted. They don't know why. They say it's making everything hard to plan. Catherine Flores Martin, executive director of the California Immunization Coalition, member of the California COVID-19 Vaccine Advisory Committee. So, Catherine, who's to blame?
3: If we had to blame anyone, if there is no one person or entity uh, for sure. Uh, it's... The commitment that a historical non-funding of public health, not not have, not being ready in a way as, as public health because we've been underfunded so many years. So if we want to blame it, it's about history and not giving enough attention to public health, because uh, in as much as we've been talking about pandemics right. and epidemics for so many years, now it's here and we we probably weren't as ready as we needed to be. But moving forward, yeah, you know, I was reflecting upon the fact that it was just two months ago that we put that first injection into the arm of one of our healthcare care providers. And here we are, millions of dose, doses later, still not where we hoped we would be.
0: So that's a long term problem. We have a short term problem, which is speeding this up. What do we do to make that happen? Because the Biden administration is saying, you know, we're securing more doses, but you can secure all the doses you want. It doesn't necessarily get them into arms faster.
3: Right. So yeah, that's the good news is there is vaccine that's um, being produced and being sent out to the states. Um, the states get the vaccinations based on their population and the counties in California or the local health jurisdictions get the vaccine based on on their, their um, population and their needs. Um, the good news is that the Biden administration is uh, allocating Million doses to the United States um, community health centers, for example, that was announced earlier this week, um, to make sure that those um, organizations are getting those vaccine their vaccines into the arms of the very vulnerable communities that they serve, and also a. Uh, plan to get vaccinations out to more pharmacies, I believe it's Rite Aid and CVS will be getting more doses as well. And that's, that's above and beyond what the states are going to be getting every week. I'm concerned that there's going to be a little bit of a lag where we have run out in some areas. Some, I know the Central Valley is out, Central Coast, um, clinics of, um, Um, Temporarily, or are not able to serve as many communities in your area, the Los Angeles area. So, I am concerned that there's going to be a little bit of a drop, but I am encouraged by the volume that is going to be coming in.
1: I'm going to back up a little bit on what you said because I think you did say something that was uh, of great significance, and maybe it it kind of is getting lost in the shuffle. And, And that is that this problem of vaccine distribution in this state and indeed the entire country is fundamentally about the underfunding of the healthcare system. And that's important because we all know that there are going to be future pandemics. It's COVID-19 now. It'll be, who knows, COVID-23 in a few years. It's going to be something. Have we learned anything? And is there any progress being made to rectify those problems that have led to this sort of mess with the distribution now?
3: I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's been sort of top of my mind. Because right now, it for in, in my world, everybody's excited about the vaccine. Everybody wants to be involved in the distribution and the promotion and the education. But you know, year year and a half, maybe two years from now, we, we it'll look different. And I'm I'm I want the 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 energy about vaccinations and about disease prevention and public health to continue. And so that's my hope and my job to to make sure that's at the top of the mind of our legislators. We don't wanna go back to this. We wanna maintain that commitment to public health. I mean, so many people are experts on this now, right? Yourselves, you've done amazing work, you know, promoting this and asking the good questions. So I I, I agree, I think we need to make sure amongst all of this, we are learning lessons, really important lessons and do not uh, diminish the work of our public health. Um, community programs.
0: Since you're on the advisory committee, do we have clarity yet as to what the next steps are? We know that it's 65 plus in healthcare workers now, and then some places are starting to work in the teachers and, and more law enforcement. There were the other tiers, some other essential workers, then they were lowering the age a little bit. Is that still in play, or is this just straight age, or is it age plus conditions? What are we looking at next?
3: Yeah, so I think it's confusing for a lot of folks, and uh, so let's try to clarify. You know. Uh, uh, internationally and statewide, we've made a commitment um, to healthcare workers who were, are treating and um, caring for our, our, our community—not just for COVID patients, but for everybody. We have to maintain that 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 strength and that uh, that uh, infrastructure. And then, of course, we know that the the number of Seniors, um, individuals over 75, 65, and those with chronic conditions of any age are so vulnerable and so at risk for dying. It's just what is it, 30 or 40 percent, um, of or more of those who get COVID in that age range die. So um, we have, you know, for many reasons, we need to protect that community. So that has been a commitment all the way through. Um, the governor did decide to. Um, includes 65 uh, and up, which is a huge number, 75 and up is a big number in California. Now 65 and up, huge number. We're so lucky to live so long, right? Um, and now becomes a really challenging time to to allocate those limited resources, you know, to what group? The, 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 the the food and agricultural workers so essential so important our first responders and this, and, and especially our teachers everybody needs to have it so <laughs> it you know my my hope is we're going to get so much supply and we're going to be able to organize it in such a way that. The communities that serve the farm workers and the agriculture workers and the food service workers will be able to outreach to those groups. The schools and others will be able to ma- make sure teachers who want to get vaccinated get vaccinated. And, of course, the first responders and then and, and, and everyone else. So I, I feel like this spring will provide more doses and we will have the infrastructure. We I, It's not a matter of enough places to vaccinate or people to vaccinate do the vaccinations. It's a matter of supply right now, but I'm hopeful this spring we will start getting the, the doses we need and um, meet those goals of thousands of doses a day.
0: All right, Catherine Flores Martin, Executive Director, California Immunization Coalition.
1: Walgreens and CVS are going to start giving COVID-19 vaccinations that could ease the burden on local public health agencies. Bruce Jopson, healthcare writer for Forbes with WBBM's Cisco
0: Coto.
4: First things first, Walgreens is, uh, the federal government is gradually starting to open up uh, COVID vaccines to uh, Walgreens and CVS. In Chicago, Walgreens is part of the first group. First things first, you need to go to, you know, any of the websites. And this isn't just for CVS or Walgreens, but, you know, check with your local Jewel and so forth. But you have to be in the group depending on the state. So we're talking like people over 65. Uh, people who, you know, might work in certain environments, schools and firefighters, police officers and so forth, those people are getting their their vaccines now. So people need to be patient. Um, the good news is for just about uh, any of us is that um, CVS and Walgreens, once the vaccine production is such that they're you know producing many, many more, which, of course, we know that that they're just ramping that up probably by the end of March, early April. Um, and when Johnson and Johnson's uh, that one shot vaccine is going to be approved for emergency use or essentially approved in the next couple of weeks. Um, Walgreens and CVS say they will be able to handle doing each a million vaccinations a day. Now, that's once we get the production ramped up. So. It's awfully difficult to make people patient when we've got five degree weather in Chicago in the middle of February. But just hang in there another two or three weeks, and these uh, three or four weeks, and some of these uh, appointments are going to free up. And I also advise people hey, listen, you never know. They've had some instances where. Um, you know, it, it it might be such that there are no shows, and because you know either people can't get out because of the weather and so forth. If you're in a neighborhood, Walgreens or CVS, just just keep trying. Um, talk to your pharmacist, stop by, but also they're going to tell you to sign up on their website. So that's definitely what people should do.
0: So is this going to, you have different states doing different things here in Illinois. We're, we're kind of trying a lot of different ways to get the vaccines out the door. Super sites as well as these corner pharmacies. Uh, is, is this intended to, to maybe make it easier to to get more of these vaccines out the door? Oh,
4: definitely. There's a lot of things that are in the works that um, I'm hearing about that are kind of not ready for prime time about um you know, some mass vaccination sites, some some public service campaigns that are going to be going on, you know, in in neighborhoods, um, you know, to get people to get their vaccines. I mean, these vaccines are safe and effective. Um, they're showing that they're working against this, you know, United Kingdom variant that people are talking about. I mean, so people need to get vaccinated, but you need to chart that out. Some people will say, no offense to the doctors out there, people are like I asked my doctor, your doctor doesn't know anything. Um, the doctor, the, the vaccines are going to be rolled out to pharmacies, uh, drugstores, you know, Jewel Osco, Jewel, grocery stores, Walmart, all sorts of things like that, and you are going to know when these mass vaccination sites are ready, the reason they can't open up a mass vaccination site now at Wrigley Field or the United Center, there's some talk about that is because the production is just not there yet. Um, The production will be there um, starting, you know, Walgreens and CVS, for example, their executives have said, um, you know, end of March, early April. The reason they're saying that is, is that we have, one, possibly two more vaccines that are going to get approved. Johnson & Johnson's CEO, I listened to a pre- presentation with him the other day, and and their vaccine is a one-shot deal. The vaccines out there now, Moderna and Pfizer, you get one shot, and then three or four weeks later you have to get another shot, which is fine, um, but uh, these vaccines are safe and effective. I mean, you hear about some side effects maybe with the second dose, but if you get side effects, that shows the vaccine is, is working.
1: Coming up after this short break, should marijuana delivery drivers get the vaccine before teachers? California says yes. Well, talk on this one. Marijuana drivers are apparently. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Marijuana drivers apparently are a priority on a priority list over teachers in California right now in order to get the COVID vaccine. Now, it's because cannabis is considered medicine and cannabis workers at pot shops are considered health workers under the guidelines
0: get into the weeds on this one critics in education (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) they have uh, slammed the priority list especially when the teachers are asking to be vaccinated so they can get back in classrooms norma rodriguez director of education programs and policy at the united way of greater la her organization signed on to a letter to the governor, other officials uh, calling for quick vaccines for the teachers norma did you get any response
5: no not yet
1: And what response do you want?
5: You know, I think we laid it out. Um, We really want to make sure that our teachers and our school community are vaccinated so that when we return to school, when our communities return, that we're doing it as safely as possible.
0: Now, is this to get people back in classrooms sooner or is this just to get them vaccinated because they are teachers? They have to be around kids. They should be in the front of the line anyways, because we owe great debt to teachers.
5: Yeah, I think this is just one of those really critical steps um, if we're going to go back to school safely, right? You know, just to share a little bit about, you know, LA Unified School Composition, about 80% of those students live in poverty, right? These are communities that are struggling, that have seen the worst of the pandemic happen to them. Um, A lot of instability, a lot of, you know, death, loss. Um, you know, a lot of their family members are essential workers, so we don't want to add another layer of, of trauma, right, if we return to school without the right safety and protocols in place.
1: So does it bug you that, that someone selling weed is considered a medical worker and therefore can get the vaccine and a teacher so far can't?
5: You know, I think it's more about just really thinking about the impact that, you know, teachers have, right? They're, they have classrooms full of students. They're trying to support um, the next, you know, the next generation of students and, and learners. And so I think it's a matter of thinking about who, who's having the most impact in the community.
0: L.A. County, at least, is saying maybe in the next couple of weeks or few weeks, the teachers will be moved up onto the list. Does that do anything for you or is it just I mean, we know how hard it is to get a vaccine, even if you're 65 plus right now. So it's it's just going to be more people trying to get the limited resource.
5: Yeah, you know, there's opportunity to prioritize both at the county and the state level, and that's what we're hoping. I think for us, the bottom line as an organization that really focuses on equity and works directly with these families, it's really about making sure that this uh, return to school is safe. You know, I don't know if you checked out the the letter, but there was a, a broad range of organizations that signed on, including churches, advocacy groups, businesses. Um, different folks that work directly with impacted families. So I think that's really, you know, at the at the crux of it is that our, our families are experiencing so much. You know, um, you know, I think about some of the students that are talking to us now about families have, have lost their jobs. Um, they are now working. We have students that are on the bus to work while they're on a Zoom call for school because they have to also work. You know, or we have students that are trying to juggle babysitting younger siblings uh, while mom and dad are at work as essential workers. So, you know, the, the bottom line for everyone here is equity and, and safety, right? Because our families have already experienced so much loss.
0: Norma Rodriguez, Director of Education Programs Policy, United Way of Greater L.A.
1: The Biden administration is increasingly worried about the variants spreading rapidly and creating another surge. One of the things it's considering, restricting domestic travel.
0: But is that realistic? Joe Brancatelli back with us. He's a business travel and airline industry analyst, founder, editor of the business advisory sites, JoeSentMe.com. Joe, how would the restrictions work?
6: I don't know. And (laughs) I'm pretty sure the Biden administration doesn't know. Uh, They're probably thinking about it, uh, probably trying to figure out how it would work and the legalities of it. Um, Now, don't forget, I'll just throw this in there. About this time a year ago, the Trump administration, which at the beginning of the pandemic was convinced this was a blue state only problem, was talking about blocking off flights to New York and California. They never did it.
0: So is it up to the states if they want to do something? I mean, we had, like Governor Cuomo, say you got to test, you got a quarantine, those kind of things. That's not a ban. It's just sit in your hotel for a couple of weeks if you come here. But a ban would be a different kind of thing. It's like, don't go there at all or there's going to be consequences. But. I mean, you can drive across, you can walk across state lines. We don't have borders in the 50 states. Well,
6: we can look north. I'm about 250 miles south of Canada here. Uh, I know that now because before I was going to get my vaccine, I was going to have to drive up to an airport near Canada. (laughs) Um, There are are no land crossings allowed between the United States and Canada, Uh, however you can fly in, although Canada has now put in a mandatory quarantine. I don't mean this in any pejorative way, but everybody's literally making it up. And unless you're a country like Israel, which has closed Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv for, for several periods and it is closed now, there's really no way to keep people from flying into your country. Moreover, it's probably impractical to say, let's say they choose that New York and California, as well as Florida, might all be on the on the red zone maps. How are you going to stop flights between New York and L.A. for emergency needs and other things? It's it's very complicated, never really been done before.
1: Well, would one way around it be uh, more extensive testing uh, that before you boarded a flight, if that became mandatory? Wouldn't that negate the reason or the need to have domestic travel bans of any kind? I
6: I, I would think so, Charles. I, I, it's something that probably, you know, the American testing strategy has been a debacle since day one uh it's improving now as we're moving on to the vaccine debacle uh we can only have one you know medical debacle at a time yeah, we, we, can have more. Uh, we
1: can have many debacles we're a big country
6: well we seem to we seem to have largely settled the testing problem there are dozens of airports now for example where you can get testing um but i would the airlines are pushing back against domestic testing for domestic flights and my reaction to that is i don't know whether it's good or bad but we just gave you guys 75 billion dollars shut up and fly the planes
0: now is uh, there we'll
6: decide what you should
0: do is there pushback saying that if this is for domestic flights even very simple ones if you're going an hour or two somewhere else you know next state over no one's going to want to test every time they have to do that because no one's going to fly
6: well no one's flying now i mean right now, today. Uh, or yesterday, the TSA said we're at about 35% of where we were this time last year, which was just before the pandemic hit. So we're not talking about a lot of people, under a million people a day, um, who are flying. There's not a lot of casual vacation flying going on. Uh, But again, the practicalities of doing this is something no one's quite figured out yet. It took us the better part of a year to get the TSA going after 9-11. And 20 years after that, we're still trying to figure out how to make the TSA work right.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the thing that's so puzzling, isn't it? That we've had now about a year to deal with all of these things, to think about how to do vaccinations better, to think about what to do to help the airline industry come back strong, to think about how to help passengers who are reluctant to fly, fly. And we still, I don't know, it seems like we've wasted the time.
6: I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, we did We did just, we're only about three weeks out of an administration that really, regardless of what you believe politically, didn't want to invest in this. I mean, as you recall, as, as early as March, the then-President Trump was saying anybody who wants a test can have one, and we knew that, that wasn't true. The, the Trump administration clearly invested whatever thinking they were willing to invest on a vaccine, and they were right. They got a vaccine. They never figured out how to distribute it. So uh, it, it, we we are now looking at an administration looking down the barrel of, you know, an Andromeda strain worth of variants. I keep thinking we live in a bad VHS copy of the <laughs> Andromeda strain in, in America, you know, and it's... it's all fuzzy, it's,
0: keeps it's, skipping.
6: Uh, yeah, uh, fuzzy around the edges and, you know, all those once-famous stars telling in white suits. So we're looking now at a situation where a new administration is trying hard and realizing, you know, it's like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube.
0: Real quick before we let you go, do you expect a surge in like 65- and 70-year-olds going places once they have their second shot? Because it's like, I've been at home for a year. Quick, let me go on vacation.
6: I, I think there will be some of that, yes. But there will also be... Seniors saying it's not worth the risk. I know among my readers, which might skew a little older, um, that both both strains exist. I'm not going to risk it for a while. I'm not going to risk taking the vaccine for a while. By the way, I got the vaccine. When can we go to Hawaii?
1: You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the Andromeda strain. That was a really good movie, and they solved all the problems in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Charles, <laughs> I, I love
2: that movie. You know, Arthur Hill, David Absolutely. Wayne. Absolutely, great movie. You know,
0: <laughs> they very Warner nicely. Brothers,
2: 1970.
6: It's, okay. <laughs>
1: All right,
0: Joe Brancatelli, business travel airline industry analyst. He's got JoeSentMe.com.
1: Federal investigators are now looking into a massive counterfeit N95 mask operation in which fake 3M masks were sold in at least five states to hospitals, medical facilities, and government agencies. Experts say the foreign-made knockoffs are becoming increasingly difficult to spot and could put healthcare workers at grave risk for the coronavirus. One 3M official says these products are not tested to see if they make the N95 standards. Experts say consumers should generally avoid shopping for such masks on Amazon and eBay. Instead, people should first refer to the CDC's list of N95 alternatives that the FDA approves for use in healthcare settings and try to buy them directly from the manufacturer.
0: We're on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.